Blog Talk Radio. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary. Maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait. The guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh. Wait. It's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Blog Talk Radio. Good evening, and thanks for tuning in to Relationship Wednesdays. I'm Dr. Nefertiti Noel. And I'm Darren Noel. And we're here tonight just to finish up talking about relationships like we do every Wednesday. So let me give you a little bit of background for the new tuner people that are tuning in, and thanks for those people that sent me. I got a lot of emails with um, comments and questions about last week's show, so I really appreciate that, and I thank you kind of reaching out to get more information. Um, but I run a thriving full-time private practice um, in Chicagoland area. We have several locations. We have um, a dozen or so clinicians, and we serve the Chicago metropolitan area. Yep, and my background is in corporate America. Here at New Orleans Associates, I focus on life coaching, mock interviews, and resume, resume consults. Awesome. So last week um, our topic was relationships, particularly in the area of um, committed relationships. So we talked about if you're not in a committed relationship, you're single. So if you've been with someone for a long period of time and they have not committed to you, and committed means monogamy and meant uh, we talked about like legal terminology, having marriage behind those words that you were actually identified as as someone's spouse, husband, or wife, and that you all have rules to your relationship, that you know where you're going, you know what you're working on. So lots of people call, uh, send questions that we went over, and some of them I'm kind of recapping because some people had some questions about last week's show. We we talked about whether or not you've been engaged 10 years. If you've engaged 10 years but you don't have a goal date to get married, then you're really not in a committed relationship Correct. because marriage is not on the horizon. If you've lived with someone for 20 years, um, if you've got five or six kids by somebody, if they call you wifey if you're part of the family, but he or she did not go out and legally make that a real um, substantial thing, that that's not a committed relationship. It's a pseudo relationship. It may be a convenient relationship. It may be something that you're a part of, but it doesn't make it a long-term, um, or it could be long-term, but it does, it's, you're still single, effectively. Still, you're still single, not committed. We talked about, you know, engagement is not a, a permanent stance or, or a permanent status. You're engaged to be married, right? So engaged to be married, Next June, I'm engaged to be married in uh, next next summer and in, in December. So, just being engaged is not a, not a, a status you want to stay in. Okay, absolutely. And also talk about just living together. That doesn't make you in a committed relationship either. They're just kind of just roommates. Anytime someone can just leave, but there's no legal binding together. So I did want to finish up. There's two additional questions that we did not get a chance to answer last week, and these people emailed me saying, Dr. Noel, please go over these two questions. So the first one is, how do you know you're picking the right person? Is it normal to be nervous before the wedding? So for me, I'm feeling like those, two, those are two separate questions. Real quick, real quick, I forgot to give you a telephone number to call in. If you want to call in today, ask questions, go over anything, our telephone number is 323-693-3835. Again, 323-693-3835. Um, but the first question is, is it normal to be nervous before the wedding, Darren? You know, so I think it depends on the person. 
Um, I personally was not nervous before the wedding. I know we did a lot of talking before getting married, a lot of uh, questions back and forth and answering, uh, a lot of transparency, letting one another know what our goals were, mm-hmm. what we, you know, what we expected out of the marriage. Talking about roles and responsibilities, so we did a lot of talking before, so it wasn't going to be really any surprise. We kind of covered all the different bases, so I personally wasn't uh, wasn't uh, any kind of nervous before the wedding. But I know some people are, and some people was just, is everything going to go right? Is the wedding going to be all right? Are we going to be okay? And you know, in some more fashion, that, that, I, I don't have a problem with that. that. That's somewhat normal for some people to have a little bit of jitters. But if you're seriously worried, staying up late at nighttime, like I really don't know if it's the right person. Then you may need to take a step back. You know what? I think you are the right person, but we need to have some more conversations. That may be the case. Or premarital counseling. I okay. found that that was really we did premarital counseling. Yes. Um, with the pastor that married us, and I thought, um, or one of the pastors on his staff, but I, I thought it was the right thing to do. Let me say a couple of things. Yes, it's normal to be nervous before the wedding because you are making a commitment that theoretically you should be keeping for the next uh, forever. Right. And forever is a really long time, right? So let me say two things. The level of nervousness depends. If you've been diagnosed with anxiety and you're nervous, then, yes, that's, that should be normal for you. Um, or if you're just no diagnosis, but, hey, I'm changing lives, my, my whole world's going to change, there should be a little bit of concern and apprehension to make sure you're doing the right thing. I did not have a whole lot of nervousness either, and I think that people are just different. Darren's correct. We did a lot of talking, and so he said there were no surprises. But I still had lots of surprises, even though we did a lot of talking. But the the concerns that I had, I mean, the night before the wedding, I did have some jitters. Um, but my major concerns were about what is what does forever look like? You know what I mean? Like what mm-hmm. some things that you can't predict. But overall, most of my questions have been answered, and I thought that I had a good understanding of who Darren was going to be in relationship to me. And even with all of that there's still concerns over the course of your marriage and you've got to constantly be working on it. But I wasn't surprised about his character. And that's the main thing that I was concerned about. Um, number, the first part of that question is how do you know you're picking the right person? And, and that's another question that people ask me all the, t- all the time. And this is why this, if you're not committed, your single thing is so real because so many people can live with another person for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, but they're still looking for the next best thing. Um, I believe you know you've married the right person when you've decided that that person is the right person and you're picking based on your strengths and not your weaknesses, right? And I'm I'm pretty conservative, so I feel like a man should pursue a female and the female should be make actively deciding while she's dating if this person is the right person to be with forever. And you have to define what that forever means. And you have to define the things that are important to you. Darren and I had a list of things that we wanted to find common ground on, and we, I feel like we had enough points of common ground that have carried us through our marriage that if we had had less common ground points, maybe it would not have. But we had enough data points that we met on and agreed on and had talked about that really worked for us. Absolutely. And, again, all you can do is define, talk through the things that you know about that you're aware about. Things that have come up in your marriage, oh, we never thought about that. We never talked about that. Well, that's going to happen. You have to, you know, live, live and adjust, right? That, that's part of it also. But in terms of finding the right person. So let me say a couple things. If somebody has a drug habit and you're concerned about that and will they relapse, that's the wrong person. Um, if somebody's, ha- if you're worried about this person who can never get a job or never be, like major concerns, you do not get married to somebody when you're having major concerns. And you mentioned character. So if someone's having major character flaws, okay, 
that go against your values. They're, that's who they are right now. They're going as against defined your, by as you. defined by you. These are core, core values in, uh, that I believe and I stand for, and they're um, on the opposite views of those. That's a concern. I would say that's a concern, mm-hmm. in, in my opinion. To me, that's definitely a concern. Then I'm also going to say, what what are you nervous about? Is it about your spouse? Is it about your his family? Like, I was actually nervous not even about Darren, but what, how is it going to be with extended family? You know what I mean? And so, but you have to define the bottom line brass tax thing for you, and that will let you know. But there's always going to be a little bit of the unknown because you, there's nobody know everything about a person. You right. can grow up with somebody, go to kindergarten through 12th grade with them, go to college with them, marry them, and still not know everything about them. Absolutely. I mean, we've been married 19 years. We still find out do things about one another. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Because mm-hmm. one of them, we, we change, we grow, things of that nature. So it's a constant growing experience. But you want to talk to as much as you possibly can before you get married. Absolutely. So next question says, uh, the person says she's had three children. Uh, she says, I've had three children with my living boyfriend. Now he tells me he doesn't want to get married. I want to move on, but I'm afraid to be alone with three kids. That's a tough situation. Uh, one, because the boyfriend is that he doesn't want to continue the relationship. So it he didn't tell, say that. It says now he tells me he doesn't want to get married. He doesn't want to get married, but she wants to get married and sell that, right? Correct. So he is he said he doesn't want to continue to progress that relationship. He's happy where it is right now. He doesn't want to continue to progress that relationship. So it sounds like he's already made his decision. Okay, it's up to her now to decide what is she going to do with that information now that he has provided how he feels. Mm-hmm. And then she got to decide. Okay. I'm going to move on, okay, or I'm going to stay in being the same uh, you know, dating relationship with these three children. And that's not, not an easy decision to make, but it's not like he already made his decision. So he's kind of here's where I'm at, and now it's up for her to decide what she wants to do with that information. So let me say to the young lady writing this question that you, you're finding yourself in a gray space, right? Um because I have to ask, and I'm just kind of going through the way my brain works, right? So I have to ask, are, is that something you're just finding out, or did he give you this information a while back, and were you missing some cues along the way? And did he ever say that marriage to you was a possibility, not just general marriage? And I think this goes back to having lots of discussions, as many as you can, and getting questions answered and actually seeing behavior. And I think what's happened is, you know, a lot of people move in to say, I want to wanna, I want to live with somebody so we can see what the relationship, what would marriage like with that person be like. Well, I think he may be seeing what that would be like with you, and he's decided not to, to, to get that set of things. And so, unfortunately, it's three kids into it. And, I, and I, you cannot disappear your children, but I'm going to say this. To stay somewhere where they're saying that they want something different than what you want, God bless you. Sorry, had to sneeze. Um, and it doesn't line up with where you're going in your life. It doesn't benefit you to stay in that situation. And it is going to be kind of difficult and scary to be with three children and be alone. But I don't feel like it has that has to be your story forever. And you have to get to a space where you're comfortable with the decisions that you made because having three children with him, at least, you know, at least part of the time you guys were on board with the same thing. So kind of these are uh, this is a life you created with him, and now he's saying he doesn't want it to be solidified in a legal manner, and, and you have to take that for the meaning that it has. 
Right. He's made a stance. He said, I'm, I'm, basically, I'm happy, comfortable where we're at, progress that relationship. So. Mm-hmm. And, and I, if I were you, I would, I would find out why, because he was comfortable having three children with you. He's comfortable living in the same the same house with you. He's comfortable with you guys splitting the bills. So what's the holdback? And then I guess I would ask you to ask yourself, how did you get here? How did you get to be in a situation with three kids with a man that is now telling you that he doesn't want to be married? Again, i got to ask, are we missing cues? Did we miss cues? Did we overlook something that, you know, I want you to be more aware of what's happening for you so you don't end up, in this situation again. And how many times have I seen people that maybe have three kids by the first boyfriend, two by the second, one by the third. So now we've got, you know, six kids. And, you know, it's like kind of leading into our next topic. It becomes a rut, right? And I'm wondering if you have been in this relationship and him as well because it's comfortable, but it may not be productive. And somebody's got to make a move. I can't tell you to leave. I'm not going to say leave or go, but I'm going to say He's telling you that he's not moving past this point. You guys are going to be right. circling and treading water just like you are. Right. And, you know, it, it goes back to a question somebody asked last week. What's the big deal about marriage? What's the big deal about labels? Well, the big deal is it sets the, rule and, the rules and the parameters for the relationship. And every relationship has rules and understanding. That's why we know the difference between our children and our parents, our daughter and our son, our husband and our boyfriend, like all of these things are very different stances. And you use the words living boyfriend. That means he's never even gotten to the point where you were going to be a fiancé of his. And it took you three children to find that out, and I really don't want you to repeat the same circumstances. You've got to ask yourself how you got here. You know, this brings up another point. You know, being a even a living girlfriend is different than being a wife, right? Someone said, isn't it just the same? What's the big deal? It, he, the, the gentleman knows the big deal is the difference because he doesn't want to make a change. If it was the same, a living girlfriend with three kids, if that's the same as being married with three kids, let's just go ahead and do it. It would be no big deal. Mm-hmm. But he's saying, no, I know it's a different type of relationship being married, and I don't want to do that. I'm saying. So it's clearly so I want people to understand that it is a difference between just living together and actually being legally married to one another. It is mm-hmm. a difference, and people know it. At least some people know it. Well, I think the difference is some people admit it and some people don't. Mm-hmm. I think we all know it, right, because I met a young lady. Um, she was doing my nail service, and she said, I was looking at her, and I was like, oh, my gosh, you're pregnant. What do you do? And she says, in a couple of weeks. Right. I thought, oh, that's fantastic. She had a ring on, so I assumed, which I shouldn't have husband. I said, oh, how does your husband feel about it? She said, well, he's my boyfriend, fiance, huh? Oh, she's like, I don't know, we're doing something in that area, mm. you know. Okay. And so then I said, oh, okay. And I didn't press the situation because I realized that she was feeling some kind of way about it. But but I don't know her. She doesn't know me. She didn't know I did the radio show. And she was sitting there talking about the lack of commitment she felt. Meanwhile, she's carrying his child. That's a tough situation to be in. So, so I think on both ends, ladies and men, we've got to be more careful about who we're intimate with. Like I think sex to me, is a very huge step that should be done in a certain group of parameters, but people are having sex thinking that it means something that it really doesn't mean to the other person. Absolutely, you're correct. So not only having sex with the person, but actually bearing children together. So correct. going another step, 
but again, that, the folks are saying that's still not marriage. Correct. That is still not the same level of commitment as having a marriage. And she's telling me how she's, you know, she's still with her parents, and her and the baby will be sharing a room, and he's going to come over and visit sometime while they work it out and decide what they want to be. And so that's a really interesting thing, right? Because if he would, if they were already truly committed, they wouldn't have to decide what they want to be. Right. They know what it is, and that's why getting the commitment up front is so important and not getting the commitment on the back end, right? Because once I've had dinner and somebody says, oh, you want to pay for this or not? What do you think it's worth? Well, now, now that I'm full, it may not be as worth as much as I thought it was when I was hungry. Right. And the child's in now, they got another life involved in it while they're trying to figure it out as well. Mm-hmm. So it just complicates the, the uh, issue even more. Mm-hmm. So just a side note, children don't mean that a commitment has really happened. Um, Pregnancies don't mean that. Living together doesn't mean that. And unfortunately, sometimes literal marriage doesn't actually mean it. However, you get closer to the goal with the boundaries and parameters and you set the rules ahead of time than you do trying to create rules as the board game goes along, so to speak. Agreed. So getting out of a rut. Let's talk about getting out of a rut. What is a rut? A rut is the same thing, the same thing, the same thing, the same thing all the time. And all of us, or I don't know if all of us have, but I, one of the things I do is study patterns, right? And so in marriages, in relationships, in jobs, in friendships, in life, there are always patterns that our lives take, right? right? And some of those patterns are very positive, and some of those patterns leave us feeling a little bit lackluster. Right. So when you're in a rut, okay, things aren't fresh, things aren't exciting, there's a lack of passion, you know, you know exactly what's going to happen the next day, there's no excitement, there's no challenge, okay, you're not challenged, you're not using all of your gifts, you know, I'm just doing the same thing. I could do this on remote. It's just, it's, it's, it's nothing to it for me. Okay, there's no passion. So, it, so it's just something you want to evaluate and it, to see if you were in a rut. If you know, if, you, if you're asking questions uh, to yourself, you know, I want to be in a different job next year. Um, I want to find something fresh and creative to do. Um, I find myself daydreaming about switching careers all the time. Um, I'm hardly have any time to be creative, or uh, in my life, you know. I think about change all the time, but I don't take any action. These are some of the ideas that you may be in a rut if you have these thoughts. Absolutely, absolutely. So one of the first things you want to do to get out of a rut is determine what needs to change. Um, And I think that's one of the really big things that people don't do. They sit and they kind of do the gerbil run. Have you ever watched the gerbil? They kind of have a little wheel that they run on in a circle. They, they, They do that in their lives every day. And we've all had some points in our lives where we've done that, right, where you kind of wake up and go, Wait, what day is it? What have I been doing? What's going on? So that happens quite a bit for people. But one of the things we have to do is determine what needs to change. I think then once you determine what you want to change, what needs to change, then try and put some information together how you want to make that change. Say, you know, I do want to make a career move. Okay. You want to stay in the same industry. You want to switch industries. You want to go to a competitor. You want to, if you're trying, uh, thinking about moving, do I want to move within the state? I want to change a climate. Uh, in a relationship, you know what, I want to, you know what, I'm in a rut with this relationship. I need to decide we're gonna, where are we going in this relationship. Are we going to get, be getting married or are we just going to be dating forever? You know what, we need to have that conversation mm-hmm. if that relationship's in a rut. Mm-hmm. So you know, one of the things I want you to think about is that one of the things to decide when you're talking about what needs to change is re- realizing that you're not the first person or the only person that's ever felt this way. If you've worked a job for a long time, it can become tedious, you know what I mean? Yes. If, if um you can lose the spark in your relationship. That can become something that happens. You can develop just poor eating habits if you have a busy schedule and just kind of get yourself into a negative routine. And so 
you want to devote, so after you realize that, that everybody feels this way at some point, you want to devote a few days to figuring out what exactly is getting you down. Mm-hmm. So chances are you figure, you've thought about it, right? If, if you know you're in a rut, at some point you've thought about the fact that you're in a rut. You think, I'm, I'm in a rut because of A, B, and C. So figure out what that what that is that's kind of gotten you to where you're going to be, what's bugging you. Um, something we always talk about on Relationship Wednesdays, being honest with yourself, be transparent with yourself, see yourself and kind of figure out why am I here. You know, that's a great one, being honest. And, and from a relationship standpoint, say, let's say you are married or in a serious relationship, okay, and um, you, maybe you have to take a look at one another and say, you know what, i got to be honest. We need some, some freshness in the relationship, especially maybe if you've been married for 10, 15 years, or, you know, you've been dating for a number of years, we need to do something fresh. Let's say you've been dating, you've been married for like 15 years. Okay? Got to be honest. Maybe we need to freshen up our sex life. We're in a rut in a sexually. We need to maybe take a vacation, uh, just us, a romantic thing, and try to spark our sexual relationship. Maybe uh, do date nights in a different area than you, that you have been before. So even a, a good relationship can, be, can get into a rut. Mm-hmm. you got to try and be honest with one another. You know what? I think, honey, we're in a rut in this area, you know? Financially, you may be in a rut in your relationship. You know, as a household, you know, we're in the same thing. We we'll keep struggling. We we'll keep doing this or whatever. How do we break out of this financial rut? But you've got to be honest with one another about that. If that's the case. So when we get into that, we start talking about changing routines. So once you discover that you determine what needs to change, then the next thing you have to do is start changing your routine. Yep. And I'm going to encourage you to change. Start small. For most people that are in a rut, you want to start small. So let's say you're in a spending rut where um, you're living paycheck to paycheck. You have more coming out than you have going in. What's the first thing that you can do to change that rut that you're in? Can you cut back on some um, entertainment expenses? Can you cut back on some things that you don't actually need? Can you increase on some things, decrease on something? Like what can you move around? Right. Uh, I'm going to go different one just in terms of relationships, okay? I know we started changing a little bit about some date nights, okay? We, still, we normally have some favorite restaurants we like to go to. And we still go to the restaurant, but now I say, you know what, we're going to get some different dishes, okay, things we've never tried before, mm-hmm. okay. Instead of going to our favorite restaurant always getting the same favorite dish, which we know is love, fantastic, let's try something different on that same restaurant we haven't had, we've never had before, something a little different. On vacation, we normally have like a favorite vacation spot. You know what, let's go a little bit further down the road. Let's go an hour. You know, say you like a particular beach. But, you know, there's a couple other beaches down the road. You know, let's go try another beach, see what, what's over there. If there's the, the different atmosphere, different vibe over there, hey, this is a new experience. It can mm-hmm. freshen things up. So you don't have to do drastic changes. Absolutely. It's something a little freshen up. It can spark something in a relationship. You know, and that's something we started doing this summer. We have a favorite place that we always go to. Mm-hmm. We went an hour down the road. Right. You know, then we stayed somewhere we've never stayed before. It was great. Yeah, I had a fantastic time. Right. Uh, then we went out to eat. This is there in the sand. And normally we would get, I got the same dish I'd get with the same side, with the same amount of sauce every single time. But this time I was like, yeah, just go left, you know. And, and it really spiced up what we were doing. So it was just a small change. So it doesn't have to be, um, I'm I'm going to go to, I'm going to backpack across, uh, you know, England tomorrow. Right. It could be, I'm going to still go to the 35th Street Beach, but, I'm going to go down a little further and take a view of the lake from a different angle. Absolutely. If you work it out, you know, you normally go for a run, maybe try a different path where you're running at now. Okay, right, try something different, a new bike path if you're in a biking, something to keep things fresh, exciting. Absolutely, absolutely. Then the next thing is once you start making these small changes, 
keep track of your progress, right? Because a lot of people feel like, oh, Dr. Noel, I did what you told me to do, and it really didn't make a difference. Because we don't make, we don't, we're not keeping track of our progress. That's a great one. You know, document. You know what? And, and think about how you felt when you made the change. You know, I did feel better. Because sometimes you may feel a little better, but you don't even know really why you felt feel a little better, more excited. Oh, wait a minute. I did go take a different path to work. You know, I did decide, you know what, I'm going to start taking public transportation, taking the metro train or something like that to work so I can get a chance to read and do some studying or reading when on my way to work, something different if that's what you want to do. But, oh, I do feel better. I, mean, I am more engaged. Okay, oh, why did this happen? Have that document. Oh, we did something different. That's why we're communicating better. That's why I'm, I'm feeling better. Things Absolutely. Let me tell you why else documenting is important. If, let's say you're in a run at work and you get put on a PIP. What is the first thing that they do when they put somebody on a performance improvement plan there? They tell them, here's what you're supposed to have done, and here's what you, where your gaps are, what you didn't have, what you didn't have done. <laughs> so here, here's what you need to change. And they check, they, they track progress, right? Yes. The same stuff that we're talking about. Yes. They say, hey, let, let's sit down with you, uh, John Smith, and let's talk about what's going on. Previously, now you're a very good worker. Seems like you're in a rut. Seems like things have changed. This is where you should be. This is where you are. And then they talk about why are you here. So then you have to kind of give an answer and think about it. They say, well, here are the steps we want to see changed. So they start with small things that need to be changed. And then they meet up again in, in some agreed amount of time. They talk about what those things are and if any progress has been made. Right. They review your performance. What they, if I want to find out from you, what have you done to change to help improve this? Mm-hmm. Like, what have you uh, done to help improve your performance, dr- you know, drive for results? What have you done? And you need to be able to – but if you don't have the documentation, they're like, I didn't really do anything. Well, guess what? It's going to be a hard pit. Absolutely. For you. Another thing to do after you've kind of decided that you need to make a change, you realize that um, you're not alone in this thing, you realize that some small changes need to be made, you keep some progress of the changes or the, the progress that have happened, you want to read a book or two, an article, do some research on, on the things that you're trying to change or work on. So if you're working on weight loss, and that you start with a small change, like every time you get fries, maybe you get a salad, okay? So that's step one. Then you keep progress of what you're eating, how much weight you're losing. Then the next thing that everybody should be doing is, let me go out and see what, what, are, what, is, what are other people writing about this? What are other people saying about it? Is there any research on it? Are there any anecdotal articles about it that could give me some insight? Right. Then you want to see a, a coach or join a, a workout class or get you know, a professional a personal coach say, yeah, you know, I've been I've been working real hard, but I can't get these last five ten pounds off. Whatever, you know, I'm trying to get my uh, my, my body fat ratio down, and it's, it's not getting. I'm not a super workout person, but so they want to try and drive that. So maybe you need to get some outside information to help you get that plan together, get out of that rut. Absolutely. And here's another really important piece to getting out of a rut: don't give up. Mm, okay. Don't make a small move, a little bit of progress, and then retreat or say it's too hard, um, eating healthy isn't as good as I thought it would be, I can't really keep up a date night, I thought we could do a weekly date night, but we can't, um, I have to do most of the date nights, he'll never help me, we're not going to do anything, like just don't give up, start rearranging that language, like you know what babe, I'll do this month, you do next month, but either way we're going to always have a date night, you know what, maybe we couldn't make it this time because we got snowed in or whatever, but let's try to find a way to do it, let's, let's not give up on the goals that we're having. Right, I mean, yeah, think about it. It took you a decent amount of time to get in that rut, to develop what that rut is right now, right? So it's not going to all of a sudden break it overnight. So it take that work and effort, okay, consistent work and effort, to really break out of that rut. It took a lot of work to get in it, but it takes some work to get out of it. Absolutely, 
Absolutely. So here's something else you have to do. Maintain your momentum. Mm, okay. So once you get started and we're saying don't give up, don't just turn that into a rut. Keep the positive momentum flowing, right? Keep it going, keep it going, keep it going. So one of the things that people always do, Dr. Noel, I'm going to lose weight. I'm going to go to the gym every day from now into the new year. Well, okay, is that some momentum? Can you really keep that momentum up? Right. You know? So once you start something, don't give up on it and don't drop the momentum. And also, if you make a mistake, get right back into the new routine. That's a good one. So you may, for, you may have a temporary lapse and you're back into the rut. Hey, you know what? I caught myself. For, for a month, I went back into the rut. Hey, wait a minute. Feeling a little down, not as passionate. Oh, wait a minute. Let me get back into uh, whatever I was, that took me out of that rut. Let me get back into it. Because we can, again, the rut is comfortable, right? So the challenges come up. You get busy at work. It's easy to fall back into to the rut. If you're making a change, you know, I started reading more to expand. I started reading every night, whatever the case, so a book. Uh, business education books, uh, spiritual books, the Bible, whatever you want to do to make a focus, make a change in your life, to get out of a rut. And I uh, missed a couple of weeks. I got busy. I didn't do my reading for a week. Guess what? Hey, you know what? Throw a line in the sand. I'm going to pick it right back up again. Absolutely. Absolutely. Also, try to live in the present. A lot of times people are in a rut because they keep thinking about what the past was like, what they could have done differently. Now, I'm not saying don't saying don't look at your past and don't, learn from the mistakes and don't hold yourself accountable, I'm saying don't live back there. Don't always try to say, I used to be able to do this, I used to be able to do that, why can't I do it today? Be in the moment. Be mindful of what's presently happening for you. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, and that's really important. Mm-hmm. Really important so those are just some ways to think about getting out of a rut. So you want to determine what needs to change. You want to change your routine. You want to m- maintain the momentum, and you kind of want to practice things that you said you would like, the mindfulness things that you want to do. Start small. Realize that you didn't get into a rut overnight, so you're not going to get out of it overnight. That's right. All right? Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. We, we appreciate all of your emails, phone calls, text messages. Keep those things coming, and we'll keep bringing ideas to you. Y'all make a great week. All right. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all...